0: We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, our text for this morning from Deuteronomy chapter 30 presents us with a challenge and, when properly understood, a great blessing. The challenge is one of context. By itself, in isolation, it sounds like a return to Rome. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, then you shall live. A theology of works. It also sounds like much of modern evangelicalism. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. A theology of decision, human decision, complete with anxious bench and altar calls. But stop for a moment. Put yourself on the ground in Israel's shoes, there on the other side of the Jordan River. Hear Moses. Listen to Moses as he brings to a close this great speech of reflection and exhortation. In order to do that, many of you are going to have to shave off a few years. Because everybody, all the males except for Moses, are less than 60 years old. The elders have all died in the wilderness according to God's judgment in Numbers chapter 14. As a young man, Or a young woman. You saw, you heard the mighty acts of Yahweh. You heard the screams of the Egyptian mothers. As the Melech Yahweh struck down all the firstborn in the land. You saw the dead bodies of Pharaoh's army wash up on the shore. As you were baptized in the Red Sea. You felt the splatter of the blood on your faces. As Moses consecrated the altar. And then the people at Sinai. You have walked for 40 years, in the same sandals, with the same robe, and they have not worn out. Who are you? You are Israel, by grace, by God's election, by his mighty hand. Fast forward almost 4,000 years to today. Who are you? You are Israel, by grace. Galatians chapter 3. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. You are Israel. You were baptized at the font on this side of the Jordan, just as surely as they in the Red Sea on the other. This text is for you. Shema Yisrael. Listen. See, I set before you today life and good, also death and evil. For ancient Israel, you know what follows. Crossing and conquest, then coercion and collusion. Jericho and Joshua, and then another you-choose text. Joshua chapter 24. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh. But their words say one thing, while their actions confess something quite different. Judges chapter 2. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served but the Baals. And again in chapter 3, twice. And chapter 4, and chapter 6, and chapters 10 and 13. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Finally, they rejected God as their king and had Samuel anoint Saul as king over them despite the warnings they received. But this did not keep Israel faithful either. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. And so the kingdom was divided. And Jeroboam made golden calves for the northern kingdom for Israel, one he placed in Dan the other in Samaria, telling symbols of Israel's apostasy at Sinai. Just as Yahweh had warned through his servant Moses, But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. That's a very interesting Hebrew word in that first verse just read. You heard it as drawn away. But if your hearts are drawn away to worship other gods, the grammatical form there invites us to translate as an intransitive middle voice. If we allow ourselves to be, our hearts to be lured away or seduced. The Old Testament often uses sexual language to describe the apostasy of Israel. Her falling away. God's command to Hosea go take for yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. Their marriage between Hosea and Gomer was a living indictment against Israel. The New Testament image of allowing our hearts to be drawn away often finds itself in the sheepfold and the pasture. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sends out the twelve to the lost sheep of Israel. The parable of the 99 includes, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. To which Jesus adds, Just so, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. But whether we picture our rebellion as harlotry or mindless wandering, the results are the same. Verse 18 you shall surely perish. Or we could translate with the infinitive absolute in the original, you shall utterly perish. Why? You will not listen. You will not listen. Your hearts are continually distracted, drawn away, diverging from your God. For Israel on this side of the Jordan, this continues to be one of the great challenges. To filter out to hear God's voice. To hear the still, small voice of Yahweh and the cacophony of voices that is our world, our society. A society where escalating culture wars have reduced us to a people of rhetoric instead of reason, where emotional vehemence triumphs over logic, where self-interest and our own civil liberties come before the interests of society and religious liberties. Add to that the clamor of Madison Avenue. You deserve it all, today. A message reinforced by an indulgently justifying prosperity gospel to apply God's seal of approval to our whims. The opportunity, the inclination to listen, it's all but swallowed up. Moses' words are prophetic Israel has not listened. The people on that side of the Jordan or this. Our hearts have been turned away, been lured away. Our eyes have been enticed by the siren song of this world and its pleasures and treasures. The old Adam, the old Eve in each of us would have its way first. Yet God speaks. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Jesus is Israel reduced to one. This Christological understanding of the person and work of Jesus pervades Matthew's gospel. For example, in chapter 2, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph a a second time to warn him of Herod's plot and sends the family away to Egypt. Why Egypt? Matthew explains, This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. The full citation from Hosea chapter 11 reads, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. Who is the son? Israel. Who is the son? Jesus. He is Israel. Jeff Gibbs reviews this Old Testament citation along with the baptism in chapter 3 and the temptation in chapter 4, drawing this conclusion. In each of these passages, Matthew presents Jesus the Christ as the summation and the representative of the nation. He is God's son in place of and on the benefit of God's Old Testament son, Israel. Close quote. Jesus does what Israel on both sides of the Jordan could not, would not, did not do. He listened. Shema Yisra'el. Hear, O Israel. That Hebrew verb Shema is rich in meaning and heritage, appearing over 1,100 times in the Old Testament. It is more than a simple physical function of the ear. It means to hear, to listen, to trust, to believe. We hear lots of things, as Edgar Allan Poe famously wrote in a short story, I believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. That kind of fits our modern skepticism. But to hear, in the biblical sense, is to hear God speak, which leads to believe. It leads to action. It leads to obedience, even the obedience of the cross. In the garden, we hear the voice of obedience. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. As Israel, the injunction of Deuteronomy 30, you shall surely perish, was visited upon him, upon Israel, upon Jesus. Collective Israel's heart had turned away on both sides of the Jordan. There in the land of Moab, at the end of the wilderness wandering, in 21st century Tillamook, our hearts have been lured away seduced by Satan and his world. So the singular Israel utterly perished. But God, but God raised him from the dead. He is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. God has spoken through his son as the teacher of the Hebrews declares. He spoke his love for you, his love for me, for his collective son Israel. He gave his only son, the singular Israel, And whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The barrier of His eternal peace, the letter of the law, has been broken down in the flesh of His Son. Therefore He calls today heaven and earth as witness, not against us, but for us, that we may live. Israel has been ransomed. You are redeemed. You are chosen. This is the reality of collective Israel's context. The first challenge to reading our text. We can only hear the challenge of verse 19. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live, confessing the reality of already being chosen. God chose Israel, not the other way around. And this confession leads to the great blessing I promised at the beginning, the blessing outlined in verse 20. Here Israel explains, how here Moses explains how Israel can live this chosen life by quote loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days. Loving Yahweh your God, His was a sacrificial love, a love that compelled him to the cross, a love that died in order that you might live. Luther's explanation of the first commandment reads, We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. That love has a real-world consequence, which Jesus labeled the second great commandment, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we really understand the gospel, we will be grateful for the gift of our neighbor, The opportunity to show that love that we have first received. Second, hearing his voice, Shema Yisrael, love, first commandment type love, cannot hear enough of that voice. Here in this place, choosing life never misses an opportunity to hear his voice. It asks for more opportunities to hear his word. And why not? It longs to taste his visible word in the sacrament. For the assurance of troubled souls and the strengthening of their faith. Why not more opportunities? But hearing his word is not. It must not be just here among the congregation. We can read his word at home, at the beach, get a recorded copy to listen in the car. Literally, there's an app for that. It's a unique thing about the Northwest. When you ask somebody how far something is, we typically answer not in miles, but in hours. How about answering in Gospels and Epistles? How far is it to Ben? Oh, about the Gospel of Matthew. Newport? John. A quick trip to Portland will net you the epistle to the Romans. Choosing life is loving the Lord your God and hearing him and finally clinging to him. Our ESV has hold fast to him, which is more polite, but less intimate. Psalm 131 paints the picture that I have in mind. Quote, But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Close quote. Such a child does not need its mother for nourishment, but it wants never to let her go. We are already justified, rescued, ransomed, redeemed, restored in Christ, yet still we cling to him. We choose him because he first chose us. Shema Yisrael, hear, O Redeemer, that you may live long in the land, loving, hearing, clinging to God. This side of the Jordan, that land, takes on a global significance as we await the new heavens and the new earth. For God has spoken his love to us in Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.